some of the names of their lattes were kind of funny. And they had the one called the Queen of England. Okay. And <laughs> so I had to ask what was in that. Yeah. And it was uh it was like they used toffee and caramel like as like the flavoring. Um, what does that have to do with the Queen of England? I don't know. I mean, toffee. Is there a, I think toffee is like kind of a British I thing. Yes. Is there a thanks a latte? No, but they had your mom's latte. Nice. <laughs> but that's I, the one I would get just so I could order it, yeah. just so I could say that. Um, and it was uh, oh, what was in it? I forget. I, I, it <laughs> Even just inquire about it. Hi, what's in your mom's <laughs> latte? Yeah. I know. So the, I was uh, yeah, that just. I guess that ruins the story because I don't remember what was in it. But, hmm. Oh, crap. Write in, let us know what's in your mom's latte. I <laughs> <laughs> can be taken very wrongly, I feel like, just <clears throat> asking someone That's that. What, it's, the, it's a latte with a little bit of uh, whiskey in there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Your mom's latte. Yep. Or vodka, something. Some, yeah, oh, yeah. Some kind of. A little uh, coffee liqueur. Yeah. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Screen Time. I'm your host, Josh, and today it's just uh, the bros. Uh, my co-host, Jared. It's called Life. You should try it sometime. <laughs> I was wondering what you're going to say. There wasn't much in this one. Oh, there I, was a, get... oh, I was going to write it down. There was a line that they did say somewhere that I was like, oh, that would have been a good one. And I was Hey, gonna... you can start with one, too. I, well, yeah. Even though you're the host, you can yeah. still do one. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. There was a line. What was the line? Oh, crap. Never run. Uh, I couldn't I find anything right else in this one. There was something that stood out to me. And I was like, I wonder if Jerry will use that one. I was like, that's okay. <laughs> well, apparently not. <laughs> you didn't. didn't you? Um, anyway, today we are talking about Spectre, two James Bond movies in a row. So this was all obviously directed by Sam Mendes, or the guy we've been covering. Getting close to the end. Yeah. Uh, this film came out in 2015, again, PG 13 and again, basically two and a half hours is two hours and 28 minutes, but, uh, it's very close to the last one. Is that the same runtime? Uh, the last one was a little bit short. I forget. Okay. It went in like two twenty five. Okay. Two hours and 25 minutes, but I was wondering how long this movie was, but it, this is like, very, they're very similar okay. within a few minutes of each other lengthwise. Um, so here's our synopsis, a cryptic message from James Bond's past sends him on a trail to uncover the existence of a sinister organization named Spectre. With a new threat dawning, Bond learns the terrible truth about the author of all his pain in his most recent missions. All right. What's the budget? Her budget's 245. So another 45 million. Yeah, more. it was 200, right? For Skyball. Yep. And I also went back because we talked about this. So, um, Road to Perdition was the most. It was like ninety million, mm-hmm. and then Jarhead was like seventy-five. So it was close. Okay. Everything else was way less. Yeah. So those two were the closest to anything close to what these movies were, but they were still both under hundred. And then you got two hundred, and then basically almost two fifty for this one. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there really probably ever is a low budget 
for a Bond movie, you know? <laughs> Even back in the day, they probably well, were still the, pretty rel- big. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the reasons, because all the action like mm-hmm. is obviously, but then they they shoot in locations all over the world all the yeah. time, and that that's, just adds that's a cost. Lot. Yeah. All right, so same writers as last time, but I think I mentioned last time, basically this these set of guys kind of wrote all the Daniel Craig stuff. Um, so we got a new cinematographer. This guy's awesome. Yeah. Have you, I, I wanted to ask you, have you heard of this guy before? This no. guy's a big deal now. I know, but no, not, but like, cause then he had done, so before this he had done Interstellar with Christopher Nolan, but then after that, then he also did Dunkirk, Tenet, Nope, and Oppenheimer. Yep. <laughs> so, I wrote those all down. Yeah. I wanted to, yeah. So he definitely, Crazy. Um, yeah, kind of hit that stride. Um, also looked up why I was like a curious why Roger Deakins didn't because Roger Deakins did so many movies with right. Sam Mendes, including Skyfall. And he just said he thought he didn't have any new stuff to take or new ideas to give t- to James Bond. And then also thought it was a good opportunity to let someone else try something. So yeah, that's kind of why he turned down. Cause he actually, you know, Sam Mendes asked him originally to do it first. I figured. Yeah. Cause, cause then he, had Thomas Newman do the music again. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, yeah, Hoyte, Hoyte Van Hoytema. Yes, Hoyte Van Hoytema. That's right. I never said we never said his name. Yeah, Hoyte Van Hoyte, Hoytema. Yeah, I think he's, um, but yeah, he's Swedish or Danish. I don't know. I looked yeah. him up. Uh, um, but yes, I mean the stuff. The stuff is still very be- beautiful yeah. stuff. You know, in this. Well, think about but, all those movies. I know you haven't seen Nope, which we have. Uh, Jordan Peele on the list for directors yeah. to go through because that movie is great. Um, but all the rest of them, I guess you haven't seen Oppenheimer. I haven't yet. watched Oppenheimer okay. yet, but um, I watched like half of it because it's three hours. I haven't. But I've seen those other movies and some of them uh, several times, and yes, they're all um, very, very pretty. Um, well, and especially with Nolan, because I just saw behind the scenes um, for Oppenheimer. The thing he has to lug around because they're doing the cartridges. They're, um, what was it? They were talking about it's all film. Yeah, they're still, and, still shooting in film, uh, film. Are they doing the uh, IMAX stuff? Yes. Yeah, that, and, yeah those, and they, those, um, those, those, those cameras are huge. They special made for the black and white scenes in Oppenheimer, like a special that apparently they don't do anymore. Well, yeah. I guess they probably don't do, I guess they probably regular film, they still produce a decent amount, right? Uh, there's still a lot of films or okay. a lot of movies shot on film. Yes, yeah, kind of like uh, I always think of it as like pol- Polaroids. Because you know, Claudia does, has a lot of Polaroid cameras, and buying Polaroid fi- uh, film is pretty expensive now. But it's not it's, a ma- it's not as no. mass produced as it used yeah. to be at one time. Yeah. But anyway, it's just crazy. I saw behind the scenes, and the thing he's carrying around constantly is massive. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to. We'll get to some yeah, stuff no, there. yeah, we yeah. we can get there later. I was just wondering if you heard of this guy because I I wanted well, to ask you. I was not like, aware of his name. No, I mean obviously okay. I've seen it. I'm yeah, familiar with films, his work. I'm yeah. familiar with his work. No, some but of his other films, but I I hadn't no, I hadn't looked him up before, and so it was not. He familiar. just now seems like he's he's going to be high on the list of cinematographers now going yeah. forward. Oh, well, he probably already was a little bit, but especially after dropped. Well, I think yeah, um, yeah, because he might win an Oscar for it. Yeah, because right, it's it's nominated for. I didn't look that up. Did he win anything yet? Um, I didn't look at him specifically. Okay. He he might have already. Yeah, you might have. Because I mean, some of the other movies already on that list are 
Man, and even Tenet was just... Tenet was insane. <laughs> what he had to do for yeah. that, too, is just crazy. Um, yeah, so um, we covered it. So, yeah, 245 million for... And then there was mm-hmm. this uh, one, one Oscar okay. for, again, best original song, just like uh, Skyfall really? did. Really? Okay. But this is obviously a different song. It's uh, yeah. Sam Smith for Writings on the Wall. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Last time it won for music, like the other one also won sound for editing. sound sound editing, yeah. and then this the best original song. So yeah, um, obviously some a lot of crossover here on the cast. Yep, uh, Daniel Craig again. We have Christoph Christoph Waltz Christopher Christoph Waltz. Yep, as Blofeld, Feld Blofeld, and then Leah Sudo. So though, yeah. Yeah. As Madeline. And then of course Ralph Fennis again as M. We have Monica Bellucci as Lucia. Yeah. And then Ben Wishaw as Q. Naomi Harris as Moneypenny. We have Dave Bautista as Hanks. And then Andrew Scott as C. And then Roy Kenner as Tanner again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, half of those are repeats. Half of those, yeah. We got a couple of new know, ones. Yeah. And then yeah. So, a handful of new ones. All right, so uh, well, um, the the cast real quick. Yeah. I I didn't have anyone else, but I just wanted to shout out both. Um, well, Andrew Scott first because now he's since then has gotten way bigger because yeah. of Fleabag. Like yeah. that was, even though he was great in the Sherlock show, I think is what else he was in. Was he? And, in that? and that was probably around that time, right, twenty fifteen. Yeah, or before that. Yeah, maybe before that. Even he was really good in that too. He's been on um. I believe he was in at least one episode of Black Mirror. Mm. But now, like, uh, even Claudia is like, oh, yeah, he's the hot priest. That's what everyone calls him now. Yeah. Because that's what he was. Fleabag, Fleabag, yeah. 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 But no, he's a great actor, though. Um, and he was really good in Fleabag. Yeah. He doesn't uh, get, he doesn't have a lot to do in this. I mean, he does. Right, no, like, no, he it. didn't. Yeah. A little bit at the end, but. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I would say this is not his best performance. <laughs> I mean, they didn't give it. I mean, not they much didn't give, Yeah. He didn't have that much. But I wanted to shout out Lisa Sadu because she is. Well, she's great in this, but um, she now does a lot with video games because uh, she's in now two of Hideo Kojima's games, mm. which I'm sure he's someone you actually are familiar with in the video game world because he did all of Metal Gear. Okay. Yeah, and now he's doing Death Stranding. So Leah Sadu was in Death Stranding, which is one of Ko- Kojima's newest games, and then she's in Death Stranding 2, which is about to come out. I don't know that I've seen her in any other movies. Or or, or, t, or no, um, I don't think I've seen her in anything else. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have either. Probably a lot of French films. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, Chris, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he's a big Blofeld deal. is. I mean, I think it's great casting for that. To, oh, because yeah. I mean, that was a, you know, a role. The there was a Blofeld, obviously, in the older movies. Yes. And uh, yeah. And Dave. Batista, yeah, great as a henchman, always great as a henchman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, overall thoughts. What are your overall thoughts on this film? All right. So this one also I hadn't seen in a minute, uh, and also hadn't seen as much. This is probably only my second or third time maybe seeing it. I was trying to remember if I even seen it more than once. Yeah. And if I had, it's, it, it's been so long. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I, yeah, this might have only been the second time. I would say second or third time. Um, 
And I would say overall, still good, but the pacing isn't as good and the story isn't as intriguing, I think. And as a result of that, it's too long. I think it's too long. That's why I was wondering the runtime. Like it felt, it felt longer to you. Yes, yeah. it felt way longer to me. Um, I think just because of those re- reasons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Well, so so my my thought was, I liked it a lot more than I remember. Is the okay. best way to approach that. Like, because I, I remember being more disappointed. Of course, watching them back to back, like seeing Skyfall in the theater, and then probably watching it a few times yeah, after, and then going sky to, high expectations. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. Uh, no, and then going to see this in the theater and like kind of probably what, like leaving like, ah, oh, it wasn't as good. And then I think that stuck with me. And again, like I said, I can't remember if I watched it again since then. So like, I probably I was like, I don't know if I did either. And um, so then watching it now, I think it's a lot better than I remember yeah. like, from that context. I I also think I like, I feel like this has a lot more of the classic story beats that a Bond film has than Skyfall. Yeah, I guess some so of those things I was ways, talking yeah. about that I thought was missing in Skyfall when we were talking about last week, and, mm-hmm. and Cece was like arguing, you know, kept like, yeah, yeah. what it means, and why why I like Casino Royale yes. better. Yeah, this has those things, so it has like the DNA of those things. Some of those things, I would say, not everything, because again, like uh, what I was mentioning, Skyfall. Nothing to do with like a lot of the tropes. Obviously, he still orders a drink, you know, those kind of things. But no car game, no like scene no, like that again. No, I know. Which no, I was surprised. There's no like, car game, right. But, and even the car stuff, not as much either until the end. There's an awesome car chase, but I'm talking about a specific Bond car, you know. Right, but he does get a, bond, a car with some things. True, and yeah. And then he also get there's like some, so I think there was a little bit more gadgety stuff in there. Not not as, yeah. not as much as the old ones. No. Um, and he does get a new car. I mean, he kind of has to steal it, but right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the the mountaintop ski, like, I mean, even though it wasn't on skis, but the like the snow mountaintop, like, facility. Oh, like that's classic. for sure, yeah. Um, of course, then he's like, he goes from desert, he goes to, you know, there's the different location, like just the kind of different locations. The more interaction with women, that feels like the yes. cl- those classic like beats that um, kind of were lacking in Skyfall, I think. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. There was, there was just some of those kind of things. Now, I don't, I don't, still don't think this is as good a movie as Skyfall or Casino Royale. For sure. Because I think. Right, the overall story arc, why while is a great, honestly great idea and plot. Yes, I think on execution it didn't come together as well. I agree. And and I think the third act is where it suffers the most. Mm. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, because the beginning, the beginning and the, yeah, first the, and second act are, the, are the, way the, stronger. Yeah, you're the setup. right. The first act, yeah, the setup of everything, you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. And then even the middle, you're like, okay. And then it just, yeah. Man, you're right. Yeah, the, the, towards the end, it's, yeah. yeah. So let's let's get into spoilers, mm-hmm. and we can talk a little more specifics about this stuff. So, so first of all, we got to talk about, which bleeds into cinematography, but the four-minute opener that's yeah. a one shot that's not a one shot but it's a one shot right yeah yeah it's so sick yes this is um 
honestly, this whole scene is, I think, like one of the best scenes in the movie. And yeah. this is the, this is the part that was all the most memorable memorable to me. Even coming back to it to watch it this time, I remember this. Hundred percent. As lot, soon as yeah. the movie started, I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. As if this is a long one take that I also remember leaning over to Robin when we were watching in the theater mm-hmm. and being like a minute or so in, I was like, they haven't cut yet. Mm-hmm. They haven't cut yet. And then like, I'm watching, I'm like, they haven't cut yet. So it's not a real one take though. Correct. I looked it up. Okay. Cause were, were you looking to see like, all right, you could cut there. You could cut there. No, there's no, no. no so what the, so there's what no they, obvious. There's spots. no obvious. Okay. So what they did was they planned it yeah. and, it, and it's actually three different shots. That's still so, impressive. Yeah. So it's all one take on a, crane blah 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 opening to go and as soon as he goes into the hotel with the lady that's where one of the cuts is okay because then that whole all the interior stuff of the hotel is actually on a sound stage wow so it's not even that's not even like they did a cut in the same location so you wouldn't even be able to do that another whole location (laughs) there's no way to do that as a real one and then of course (laughs) as he steps out the is the the other window yeah when he steps out the window is the other cut and they I just, they just one, planned yeah. them and they do like clever wipes, almost like wipe transitions mm-hmm. with like some CG to clean things up. And okay. then, and then it's like, it looks like a one take. Yeah. It's, um, man. Yeah. I, this is the most memorable scene in the whole movie, I think. Yeah. And, uh, which is awesome. But at the same time, like not what you want. No, not what you want. It's like downhill from, from the beginning, but still, to Sam Mendez's credit, both Bond movies he's directed, very strong openings, which you do need that in a Bond movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole opening and then going to the title sequence, all that, like, needs to be very strong. And I feel like most Bond movies, it is that way, and then it kind of dips in the middle. This one's not that way, though. I feel like, like we talked about, it's more towards the end where it kind of mm-hmm. dips. But I feel like a lot of the old movies, it really dips in the middle. At least from what my recollection, I haven't wa- watched through all of them in a long time. But uh, this is the part that uh, I wish Claudia was on so she could talk about this. <laughs> Day of the Dead. Uh, yeah. Let's see if I can say it right. I was trying to see if uh, <laughs> Claudia was helping me with this. Dia de los Muertos is the festival. Um, and she told me about it because I didn't know a lot about it. Um Mexican holiday, but it's technically when I looked it up, it's all Spanish cultures mm-hmm. do celebrate in some way a little bit differently. Um, and uh, well, actually, I guess you wouldn't uh, they do this a lot in Coco, yeah, right? That's yeah, the movie yeah, that, yeah, yeah, Coco is like all built it's around a lot it. of that, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's just where they celebrate all their deceased ancestors, and it's um, basically last three days starts on Halloween and uh, yeah, three day thing. But uh, I love that they do this in this movie, and um, it's just yeah, it's a very strong opening, mm-hmm. and um, I mean the whole festival itself is just really great. I wonder if they actually just did they actually shoot it, and because there's no way they, they they didn't just stage all this. Like, do you think they actually just filmed it when it was happening anyway? I don't know. I wonder. I do know. I, there's a lot of people I do know too. They, they, like when they, they were, were doing a lot said, of planning. I do know that the cinematographer was talking about how they everything they shot in Mexico they tried to shoot when it was overcast because okay. they wanted the lighting to feel a certain way versus later when there's in some other areas that um, have similar 
color palettes that it that, so it'd feel different, more sunny there. So they wanted that stuff to feel a little bit more like gl- dark and gloomy, even though it's mm-hmm. it's it's a hot and like warm yeah. temp temperature. So they kind of go for like a little bit warmer orangish palette to kind of feel that. But they also didn't want it to seem they wanted to seem different. So <clears throat> also the other thing I just want to mention is I just love the costuming in yeah. this opening. Like like even what um, Bond and the uh, woman is wearing is just yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, Claudia's like, we need to do that as a Halloween costume. I was like, that's a good idea. That'd be Couple's sick. Couple's costume. Yeah, that'd be sick. Um, so then we go into the, the opening title sequence in the song. So I just, what do you think of that? What did you think of that? So the title sequence, I think the... Uh, which I'll talk more about when we do score, but I think the music of the song is so good. Uh, and I think the title sequence, everything that's happening visually, I think is better than Skyfall. Hmm. I just don't, I don't like Sam Smith's vocals really on the right. song. <laughs> that's my only downside to it. But I, honestly, yeah, I, even with like what they do with Octopus, um, a lot of the visuals... I think are better than the Skyfall opening. I think it is more memorable. We were talking about that with Skyfall. Yeah. I don't think the visuals as much in Skyfall. But that song though in Skyfall, I think is yeah, better. I, do. I yeah. like the Skyfall song better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What What about you? With the yeah, the I think the I it was to me it was like a mix. There was stuff in there I thought was cool, and then there's other stuff that was kind of like okay, like okay. but but um especially the the transition bothered me because it looked a little a little cheesy when it goes from the ring that he. And then, it yeah, it, it was a little, um, felt a little low budget, I guess. The best way to put okay, it. and that so like that was like started off on the, but then I was, but then like watching it, and then so that so it's like started off kind of I guess on the downer for me when it because I didn't that transition seemed a little low budget, and then the song I'm like yeah I don't like the song as much, but then later like some of the the sequence and the cool stuff, and I liked how they integrated stuff from like previous. Because then, of course, that correlates later to the. I mean, I think a lot of the openers do this, where they kind of spoil stuff. <laughs> yeah, if you if you know, but it's it's not a spoiler because it's like not obvious until you've. They seen do the a film. lot of foreshadowing, but, though. But yeah, with the, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um. So then, uh, I do like that. You know, felt felt like a continuation. You know, it's, it's like. They kind of picked yeah. up like maybe six months. Or I was it wondering, was, yeah, how long like time a, has it, passed? They didn't they say, say yeah. but the, it, it, the only thing is weird is because it feels like it's not too long in general, except for then the whole situation with, well, we're going to, I mean, you know, like then that other building is almost finished being built, the new building. Oh, right. And so like, I feel like, like what the heck? Why is this like new thing happening that yeah. like would have taken forever to build that building? But yeah, then, the, but then the old MI6 building is like in rubble and like nothing done to it. But then it also seems like um, um, the old M, um, Judy Dench's M, like just passed. Like, you know, so it's like there's a little like there's ambiguous. Well, just like ambiguous <laughs> on like, is it a month? Is yeah. it six months? Is it yeah, two years? Know. You don't really know. No. Yeah, I was, I was wondering most about that. Most of the thing points to like a, like a few months later. And it, like most stuff I feel like kind of, because the way like, Oh, okay, forensics is done with all this stuff. You can have this box that, or whatever that she that uh, Money Penny brings to him, 
yeah. he's like, oh, bring it by my place. Instead of, hand, you know, she's only going to hand it to him. He's like, bring it by my place tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, you know, and that wouldn't seem like that would take six months or two years. That, that probably would have just been like a month or so. And yeah. so like, and then of course, it seems like he had, as soon as she died, that the video that, um, that, uh, you know, with her saying, Hey, if I, this means I'm dead, go here to kill this guy and then go to his funeral, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So things up. So I feel like that would have been, um, sort of like, uh, pretty quickly after not too long after. Right. So, um, so most sure. point yeah. to that, but then it's like this whole building is built now that like we didn't know anything about in the previous movie Yeah, that obviously if it was a really thing happening, they would have been talking about that, but you know, that, but it's a movie, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I was a little weird. I was like, yeah. when, when is this supposed to be? But I do like, it, it feels like it's, you know, um, right after and not like, you know, like not too long after and just a con, you know, there's some continuity there of like story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I just kind of, I think we talked about a little bit earlier, but like has, has some of the, the classic things. The other thing I was, I, that also felt like more, classic bond was like the little like goofy moments like even in that opening where like then the building starts crashing and then he lands in the like full couch the couch yeah and those are, i mean to me like that's bond too it like, is for even sure. though it's so cheesy yes it's like it's like but it's no you have to have that yeah you have to and yeah. i feel like skyfall didn't have that either there wasn't as much uh yeah. and there's a little bit more of that in this too where there's just like those little cheesy moments even with like even with him like the lines with like i'll just yeah. come by my place tonight and bring it by my place tonight and then like you know, just I felt like this had a little more of that that I, that I was kind of enjoyed. No, I definitely did. Yeah. Um, and then again, something that kind of Skyfall was lacking was the henchman, the classic henchman. Yeah, there and usually it, is. Yeah, and you have and Dave uh, Bautista some kind does of bodyguard henchman. Yeah, and you're does right. A good one and has like the little like kind of like nod almost to like Jaws. Oh, definitely. With the metal teeth, but instead he's got the metal fingernails mm-hmm. so that he can like basically gouge people's eyes out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because cool. even henchmen, it's like, yeah, Jaws is like number one you always think of. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, but there's the uh, um, odd bo- oddball, odd, odd, odd job. job. Yeah, with the, with the hat. With the I was going to say, that's the other one. Yeah, yeah, it's like them two are like the ones you always think of. At least I do, yeah. But yeah, those are... Those are classic. Mm-hmm. I... Speaking of the villain, though, like, because Christoph Waltz is insanely good actor, like, and number one performances in Glorious Bastards. If anyone, if you haven't seen it, that's crazy. You should see it. Like, he, it's, he's insanely good in that movie, and he's great in this, but I do think the villain, do think it's weaker than the villain in Skyfall overall. I think it's not the acting because again no, 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 he's great, I, but the character. I think um, what happens. Well, also. I think, yeah. Well, I think it's again the third act. And this is what I'm, yeah. This is what I want to get into yeah. a little bit because of the story. So I think the idea, first of all, the idea that, playing with the family again, like yes, we talked about. I love like, that. Yeah. Like, yes. And so the going off of the family stuff from Skyfall, even mm-hmm. that you learn about, and saying, "Hey, this family I was even adopted into. Yeah, I had an adopted brother, so to speak." And he passed away in a 
uh, climbing a, like an avalanche yeah. with this father, the, this adopted father, and thought he's been dead all the years. And instead, he's been this bitter, because mm-hmm. even though he was the biological son, his father liked James better. So then he became this evil, yeah. like, you know, uh, world um, bad guy. Yep that also has plotted all these things to like just torture James Bond. So like that idea, brilliant. It is. And like the, there's the opportunities for very deep emotion to, but on the execution, I know it's like not there. It's not. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, the, like I said, the first act, first act the setup of that is great. And how he's like going down this path and figures out who Spectre is and you know, there, but it's like, once you reveal though, you first to reveal, him and uh as Blofeld and then you uh <clears throat> you know that's great but then it's like as those things start to play out um you know it just becomes like just not I don't know I feel like it's rushed actually is what it what it really is yeah like either you need to introduce them sooner but then I I, I understand but like really that pacing wasn't bad like where we, where we like friendly meet him and so, so it's like then the revealing of things kind of play on the second act, not bad. It was just like that third act felt rushed. I think even like, cause the whole thing, even at his base, like seemed like way too, like it was like they were there. Yes. And then all of a sudden he's like, they're breaking out and blowing the place up. And then you're like gone. And that was like, too quick. WTF. Like, what? I know. <laughs> like, but the, the scene you were talking about at the beginning, like when we first get introduced to Blofeld, that scene's awesome though, oh, where he amazing. comes in. Yeah, like, and it's like and the whole Spectre organization. Shadow, yeah. and like, and you don't even see him forever. Yeah, so like that, and again, but like, still, And he knows James is there. Yep. And it, like, yeah, and he just turns and listens, yeah. 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 So but great. again, that's still pretty early on, right? Not too far in. I mean, it's basically the start of the second act, okay. kind of, I would say. But see, that's still when it, we're riding pretty high in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. like this has all been great so far, so... Yeah, that scene's still great, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, as it goes, it's... Um, well, I guess that's not the... Yeah, how's he... No, he's it's definitely good. sooner than we get introduced to the villain in Skyfall. True. True. No, I was just trying to think, like... When, but yeah, I don't remember how far in that was. Because that happens... That happens right after the funeral, right? Because he's in Rome, goes uh, to the funeral, which is the you know basically the first place he goes after getting back from Mexico. He goes to London, he's in England and then he goes to the funeral. Yeah. And from the funeral, he finds out where that is because yeah, because he sleeps with the lady, the the dead guy's wife. Monica Bellucci. He sleeps with her, keeps her from dying. And then, of course, a little disappointed we don't get to see Felix. He just like, Mm -hmm. you know. I know. Because at least he was mentioned. He wasn't even mentioned in the last movie. (laughs) No, he wasn't. Yeah. He's mentioned at least in this one though. We don't get to see him. Um, that was another great because also in in the Daniel Craig's yeah Bond you know he's played by uh, what's his name oh, Jeffrey about? Wright Jeffrey Wright he's like yeah, great he's actor oh yeah so it's always good to see him it and, is yeah, yeah so like it would have been great to see him but anyway yeah no the the scene also with um where we get introduced to Monica Bellucci also is great and that whole thing like yeah but again still at the beginning so like a lot of those scenes we talk about. Still pretty early on, but yeah, as it goes, yeah. it's so like he goes, and that's where he finds out that location. And he goes there, he's got mm-hmm. the ring, he gets in. Yep. And then, like I said, that's kind of the end of the first act, beginning of the second act of when he, you know, discovers Blofeld, and then, 
and then decides you need to figure out who Mr. White is. And then the whole second act is finding Mr. White and then finding his daughter and then, and then going to the, uh, Tangier hotel and finding out the, like all that stuff. And then the third act is they go to the Sahara desert the base, the yeah, base. Yeah. and then of course the, and then the inclusion of that. But the problem, and I think this is where the problem is. They basically have two, um, build the two different things instead of it being mm-hmm. all in the one spot. And then it's just like, Oh, we got to destroy the, this base because then we got to still go back to, to London. And it actually ends on that bridge. Yeah. 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 And yeah. stuff with the, in the old MI6 building. And then, mm-hmm. so I feel like it, it's like has two things and that's where it, like it kind of creates a, um, also I, you're talking about Mr. White. It's hard to hear that name and not think of Jesse saying Mr. White. <laughs> Anytime I watch this movie, I've like yeah. just thought about that. But <laughs> also, because um, this is kind of, I guess this is kind of, this is still being the second act. Is I did think the uh, car chase scene was really good, though, between mm-hmm. Bond and, uh, and Batista. Batista, yeah. I don't. Uh, do they ever say his name? I don't they don't. Know, it's, but it's Hanks. Hanks. It's Hanks. Oh, I definitely never heard anyone no, say that. Yeah, but it's, it's just in the IMDb. But you know, you're yeah. right. Like that's the only reason why I know because yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was great, but I did want to mention um, one thing, and this is really, this is really it for the rest of my notes. But one thing I think they do really well in this movie is with scenes where Bond is meeting certain people. And the interactions are really good. So the two examples are when Bond meets Mr. White in Austria. I think that scene's great. Mm-hmm. I said, especially when um, Mr. White slides the specter ring, you see all the dust collecting. I thought that was so cool how they did that. Uh, and then the other, so just their interaction back and forth is great. But then the other uh, introduction that I thought they did really well is uh, Bond and Madeline Swan when they meet, uh, which was that location in the snow? It's also Austria. Is that still Austria? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Um, their exchange back and forth is great, and I like how specifically like they keep. They're basically redirecting each other's questions, yeah. like that. That whole well, thing and I is love good. the the question. It, like it, um, like the questions he let off. He, he yeah. was, she's like, "There's a few things you left off the questionnaire," yeah. <laughs> and then like all those are. Um, beautifully handpicked things so that oh, yeah. they, they create a nice uh it's good writing yeah it's mm-hmm. basically yeah yeah so like those two interactions mainly because and you love a good uh suspense on the cable cars oh, yeah <laughs> it's classic classic bond stuff too. yeah no you're right all that especially in the snow is a good point like that is very classic bond like yeah. All the stuff that happens in that at that point, yeah, even the 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 lift and everything, yeah, yeah, and and then the chase scene there, chase, yep. he's like on a in a plane chasing them in mm-hmm. cars, and then ends up, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's, it would it's just great. be like another Bond movie, be, what it's, it's like a snowmobile, I think, right? There's, there's one snowmobile, there's one there's one skis, one, ski, yeah, you're right, yeah, there's a lot of them, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's classic. <laughs> you can see the terrible uh, I don't know, green screen or whatever, the Roger oh, Moore man. going down skis. No, honestly, one of the worst. I saw it recently. I think it was just because it like was like going around. Um, I think on, I don't know. I think it was on YouTube where I saw it. It was in one of the um, Pierce Brosnan Bond movies, not Goldeneye, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's like, 
he's like in water. He's like, I think he still has his parachute on, but he's in water or something and like landing or something. I, I think it looks even worse than like some of the old Bond movies. I'm like, wow, this is really bad. Yeah. Just the background and how he's moving. I'm like, jeez. Yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah, they, they, but, they try uh, new techniques and then, and then if they're well, like too cutting edge, they don't, yeah. they don't age well. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we talked about this last pod. It's like those other ones are pretty bad overall. Not even just the story, but like <laughs> some of the scenes look pretty rough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the uh, you said this battle you have in there twice. I just have one more thing, which, um, well, unless you have anything else, because it kind of will go into cinematography. That's, well, that's where okay. no, I'm ready to move to cinematography stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, I got to talk about explosions again, <laughs> like last week. <laughs> this is this is another one that is crazy how good it looks. Is the explosion of the base yeah. where they're looking at it? You know what I'm talking about. I was like, dang, because again, there's no way that's all practical. Unless it's a miniature, although we were talking about that. They could have done that. And then just superimpose it. Yeah. yeah. I guess they could have done that. Positive or whatever. But whether it is or not, or if it is CGI, it's it looks so good. There was no spot where I was like, This looks bad. Uh, because again, I can point out very easily now because a lot of really bad yeah. fire and and uh, no, smoke look, and all that kind of No, it looked good, yeah. Looked really good, yeah. So, some of the stuff we've talked about, so I don't mm-hmm. want to um, rehash. The one thing I, I'll just say in general, I think, uh, you know, in general, I think this scenario is like really, really good. I think um, there wasn't anything quite stand out as much as like, there was something about the the stuff in Skyfall, like especially some of the scenes we were talking about. Um, but this definitely has a, even more modern. I know we were talking about this sometimes and sometimes it's like a very almost like modern lighting style that I think Okay. That goes So for, his lighting style is very modern. Yeah, I think. Okay. Um where it's like very but also very um naturally motivated light without a lot of other balancing stuff to fill. Like it's there's not a lot of like so there there's like so you have your your key light, which is always like where the main light is coming from, right? Mm-hmm. And so that in most of these scenes are, is very like just naturally motivated, which means like it's kind of coming from a window or something that okay. just makes sense to have light, right? Right. But then sometimes you'll, you'll have to like allow the subject to stand out a little bit more from the background. You'll have what they call hair light, right? Which we have them on us right now. Like the lights that we use <laughs> off the side, off there camera. There And yeah, and, uh, but they, you know, and you'll still try to do it so it's motivated. It might come from a lamp or something else in the scene, right? Okay. And then you and then you also have fill light, which is be the like if you're talking about hitting a face, the key light's the brighter side. The fill light sometimes will like so that it's not all shadow on the opposite side. Okay. Okay. And this, a lot of times, I, you know, I wasn't like watching, but like I feel like there was like no fill. Which is a, it's definitely mm. a more modern style of doing it, mainly because you can get away with it. Because <laughs> of how TVs are now, TVs and and just post production process and okay. I mean, he obviously this he was shooting it on film, but but like but even like the qual like the quality of the key lights that you have to work with, and and just like there's so 
there's so much more techniques to use now than things than before with like diffusion and it's just like a, a iteration of the of the style right and so it, like it's a lot more soft I don't say just soft but like just subtle is probably a better word subtle key light that feels very just natural and then so then it isn't always perfect if that makes better sense yeah but then it feels a little bit more organic and and real well i wanted to ask you with this cinematographer in general does this guy have well i guess you kind of went into it a little bit does this guy have a specific style i know you said the kind of more modern thing but did you notice anything i mean especially watching well i guess i don't know how long it's been since you've watched his well, other that's what i was gonna say i've seen it some of the films Tenet. but it's been a while since i've watched them and well, Tenet, i guess you haven't watched since 2020 right you watched it correct i've not watched it since yeah. i saw it in the theater yeah. yes um that is actually correct um but i'll definitely be keeping an eye on it a little bit more okay. now that i'm aware who who he is and some of his other films and again well once you watch oppenheimer i mean that's just a spectacle on every level like just audio yeah. visual audio everything um but i'm so curious because i think especially after oppenheimer like this guy's gonna be pretty high up like uh, yeah. uh, on the cinematographer like of like well-known names i want to say i don't know if he's ever gonna get to roger deacon's level but uh seems like he's getting i mean i think the, i mean i think the obviously style's a little different but well, yeah, the yeah i think the quality's there because mm-hmm. the the Couple well, obviously, I mean, the fact that he's now done yeah. four Nolan movies. Yeah. Like, and Nolan, then, Nolan wouldn't use you again. If you, no, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, four Nolan movies and then did a Jordan Peele and then the Sam Mendes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Although, because, yeah, I don't think um, these last two Sam Mendes movies, I don't think. Uh, well, it's Deacons again for... Oh, is it for 1917? I'm pretty sure. I haven't. I didn't nice. look again, but okay. I, th- I just recall. I think that's who did that. But I, nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The only thing one I was. I think. I'll just say the dinner scene, in the train car, where they yeah. they had the fancy and there's like the the shot where you see him from the side, was just there was like um. Well, there was also like there. It was definitely either handheld or there was like a little bit of movement, which is unusual to see in quiet scenes in James Bond movies. Put it that way. Like there was like yeah. a, something. I I mean, I noticed it, but that was because I'm I'm kind of looking and paying attention to that stuff because of doing a podcast. But like, um, but I was just well, like, you notice those things anyways, even if you weren't um, well, doing. Not, I don't always try. Like I I try to, especially when I'm just experiencing something for the first time. That's true. Yeah, I try you to turn some of that stuff off and yeah. just like enjoy what it is. The thing is, though, you can't completely turn it off. No. Well, because <laughs> I'm that way with music. When I'm watching it, something, it's a it's a more of like a if there's something extreme, like extremely off. Oh, then yeah. it's like yeah, you're like oh yeah, yeah for where, sure. And then you know other people still don't notice it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. But like stuff's like subtle like that, I might not have picked up on if I wasn't trying to pay attention to those or just like enjoying it for the moment. But something you've watched already before and you're watching it again and you're you know you're doing a podcast on and you're paying attention to that stuff. And I was just like noticed that I was like, Oh, that's different. I mean, and like I would imagine, and this is just me speculating, but like it kind of makes sense in the if you're trying to motive give a little bit of motivation to like there was some life in their relationship and he was like falling in love or at least like something. Right. And they were kind of making a real connection and mm-hmm. he doesn't do that a lot. Obviously he did it with Vesper. Yes. Which that also was a big one. Yeah. But 
anyway, so you kind of get this like just it just had a little bit different feel than like anything we yeah. saw last movie or most of this movie, and it was just kind of that that gave it that moment. But also thought it was really pretty the way just the way it was framed and just like just one of the shots that really stood out that I that I kind of is unusual. Like a lot of the big beautiful shots that probably other people would point out. I think you you know those are the one like the you know stuff that's but um anyway yeah i when you're talking about that it made me think of so when they're at i don't know we'll call it blofeld's base whatever in the desert uh one thing i was like because a lot of these bond movies well the old ones too there's going to be some cheesy lines or dialogue Mm -hmm. And there still sometimes is. I mean, it kind of goes along with the Bond thing anyways. Mm-hmm. But when um, Madeline Swan, and this is before she even grabbed, like, he, you know, he's getting his, um, he's strapped oh, into yeah. the, and before she even knows, like, to grab the watch from him, she's like, oh, I love you. Like, <laughs> they've known each other maybe two days. Yeah. Maybe three, two, three. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't even. It hasn't even been. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just like, stuff like yeah. that, which again, I, I mean, a lot of the old Bond movies, I guess that would, yeah, that usually would yeah. still. But I was just I like, mean, okay, because she seems she doesn't seem like a typical Bond girl. Yeah. Like she seems like she's a little more capable and smart when it comes to. Wait, she already knew how to handle a gun. He, he started well, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, so, so she's very familiar with all that. Like, it's just... You grew up with your father that's that's like a... Yeah. yeah. But because, again, and it would make sense, though, if she was, like, saying that and going along with it, if she already knew this was the plan, she's trying to, like, distract, right? But that was before all that. So that's why I was like, this is kind of weird that she's saying yeah. this now. Cheesy but, lines, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but that just made me think of that. <laughs> yeah, there's... Um, I think I mean there's there's again there's a lot of little touches that are nice like I like when yeah. he got there there's a picture of him and his adopted dad and, and brother that was cool that's on the and then on hers there's a picture of the, the same picture of her with her dad when she right. was little and then of course there's already a dress there for her to wear mm-hmm. like little things like that that I think are nice touches that have very I I do I did like also there's another thing that reminded me when. Bond and her are walking into the room with the uh, meteorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see the wide shot. Mm-hmm. You immediately can kind of see him mm-hmm. uh, like in the back right, I want to say. Uh, but it's really cool what they did with yeah, the, the lighting, shadows. And yeah, that. lighting. And that yeah. Too. But like it's very, very faint. So it was a really cool job how they made him almost invisible, but it was enough where you could tell. So when he steps out, I already knew where he was going to come from, which was cool. Yeah, I like that. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many little things. I remember really liking the shot of when he shows up to the the Spectre event and the guy lets him pass and he just shows him walking up a staircase. Yeah. And it's like with like the silhouette shadow of him, like, and mm-hmm. then just the subtle warm lighting that's up there and like it that just looks sick. really cool. Yeah. But I mean, but then a lot of the stuff in that scene, like, like you said, like all the stuff in the table and, and keeping... Blofeld in the shadow the whole time on his face is like so cool. I, I, although like yeah, we're talking about some <clears throat> cool stuff they do with shadows, but again, like I was talking about, I think the last Roger Deakins movie is like I think he's the best when it comes to how he uses shadows. I think he's one of the best in my opinion. I don't know, you probably 
I mean, you know a lot more about it, but at least from what I've seen, I think he's one of the best yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean, no, he does does <laughs> do some cool stuff with that. I, yeah, I mean, it's hard to yeah hard to say who's the best, but <laughs> yeah. Although because I thought because I got mixed up when we were talking about it before, I thought he was the one that did Road to Perdition, but it's the other guy that won. But the shadows in that we yeah immediately stood out in that movie yes, as well. That one did, did, but like remember I was talking about that somewhere. It's like it's a very high contrast mm-hmm. you like, said a very different style you yeah. said it was more old school right yes yeah yeah and that's what i was talking about and then deacon stuff is like is definitely newer style but then i feel like this guy's is even like more modern style of like yeah but not as not as a drastic difference than it was from deacons to oh, what was that guy's name i can't remember yeah oh the the other guy we were yeah the, the, that did road of perdition yeah did the end ended uh I know. Oh, yeah, we got to look it up because I had his name on hand. Like, I was pulling mm-hmm. it out of my head because we talked about it so much. Yeah, I know. And now it's drawn a blank. But. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's right. I can, I can bring it up if you want to. I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm here. It's always hard because you gotta go. Yeah, there. you gotta go to whole cast though. Yeah. Uh, and scroll down. Uh, cinematographer Conrad Hall. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Yep. And he was the guy, his son, then accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it for Road to Perdition? Was that the last right. one? Right. Yes. Yeah, because he died right after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he won for both that and mm-hmm. American Beauty mm-hmm. cinematography. Yeah, I remember you talking about with him. He yeah. does a lot of symmetry. Yes. With this framing, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, that's, yeah. I mean, there's things, there's, like, the lighting stuff that you can look at, but then also some of just, like, the framing, obviously, is a big part Composition, of, yeah. Yeah, composition, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, I mean, this this has some of those two shots in this movie, too, that, like, there's, like, cool sim- symmetrical-type frame shots that are just, you know, there's something about it that always makes things look, look yeah. ex- better. Well, you know? and also... Like you said, we don't we don't know much about Hoyt Van Hoytema, but who knows? That could be two of his influences. Yeah, is true. the two guys we're talking about. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, anyway, I do want one going forward. Like I'm, I'm interested in what you'll think of him in the future and how he's going to be the cinematographer because I think he's going to be a big deal. Uh, I mean, probably forward. Kind of probably already is, but at this point. But yeah, you're. Pre- I you're mean, right. yeah, just being doing four Nolan movies. Name, yeah, yeah, doing four Nolan movies. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So score. Anything you want to talk about the score beyond? Uh, well, music we talked about earlier. I do like the because uh, I was mentioning with the main song, "Writing on the Wall." The music for it, which I'm wondering if Thomas Newman actually rec- uh, wrote that music because. He brings it back at a really good point in the movie when Bond and um, Madeline Swan actually finally do uh, get together. <laughs> Let's say it that way. Yeah. Uh, and I love that opening. The, so that opening, it's the same opening um, intro as the song. And I love the style of it. It's very, um, it's very old school Hollywood string style, like, very high pitched string, uh, octave style, uh, melody. And I love that anyway. Um, 
in any kind of film. I mean, it make that's why they use it a lot in Bond. It, it's it's done a lot in mm-hmm. Bond since from the beginning. But I like how they bring it back in uh, in that part of the movie. Uh, the only thing besides that with this one, I notice more. Uh, not, not Thomas Newman's style. Like, were you talking about like his, like the different um, uh, specific melodies that he likes to kind of go to, or his own style? But I would say it's a, it's still a Thomas Newman signature is the really soft piano with the wrong. I would I'd call it the long reverb tail on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause he, he did that in basically every movie of the, this, like, I think of, um, honestly, uh, Revolutionary Road mm-hmm. the most, cause a lot of piano in that, but I heard a lot more in this one, which always sounds great. You can use that in almost any, um, any style movie really. Uh, but so I like that that was in this one more cause it wasn't in much in Skyfall. True. Yeah. So, but besides that though, mm, Overall, I didn't like the score as much as Skyfall. It wasn't as memorable. Yeah. I agree. I don't know what... Yeah. yeah I agree. Think. They, um... Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I think you're... It's like the only thing I was gonna... There was like one little uh, other note I just remember. Like when they, um... Do the intro with the the bullet... I mean, the barrel. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, no, you're right... And it does the like classic. It didn't do the like last bit of it. And I don't know how to explain it other than like this is a, like where they kind of move it. Or, oh, you're then, talking about the music. Then, then okay, like, sorry. Dun, like the way it does that. Like, yeah, it left that part out. It did. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, where? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's <That> weird. <laughs> well, speaking of that, so the other thing because this kind of goes into what I was talking about last pod with the the signature Bond theme that's played on the electric guitar, right? So that's not in this movie to the very end. But what I like about it in this time is even the even the drums, the horns, everything about it, it was like the original. I don't know if you noticed that. Mm-hmm. At the very end when he's dri- you know, yeah. he's uh-huh. in the car, uh, I was like, wow, this is weird. So it wasn't a newer version at all. Like everything, it just put the recording in of the of, of the old version of it uh which was interesting interesting because i was then also listening to what i was talking about with how he's playing that guitar line and i was like nope this is definitely the old one because it was it was different yeah, yeah. so uh i mean it's cool it's always cool yeah. to go back to that yeah, yeah. it's like it's why very, not very nostalgic oh for yeah. anybody that's likes James yeah. Bond. i was surprised it wasn't in any other part of the movie though yeah 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 it wasn't it wasn't used as much mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's so, it so um so then overall theme messaging in this <laughs> film. Uh you want to go first? <laughs> um yeah, it I mean I guess there's stuff in there about, you know, um the big brother stuff like not a good idea. I think. Yeah. I think it, it like like That's really the only thing I yeah, had. Yeah, um you know, kind of the like analog is still useful, so to speak, you know, very useful. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like I like, I mean the line that um, basically M has about when he's talking about like, 
you know, a license to kill is also a license not to kill. Yeah, that's a good line. That stuff at the end, and like, think that's where it's like that. There's a, and you know, they're kind of making the point of like, if you're you're executing someone from a drone, like, is you're so disconnected from the human that you're mm-hmm. killing that it's not you're not making this decision with as with as much on a human level at a human yeah. level that you would if you were had to and kill someone in person mm-hmm. and i think that was a really good point and i think that's kind of the the bigger message that they have in here that is i mean obviously it, it's the james bombing it's not supposed to no but that's, that's supposed to, but i think there is that yeah, in there that that that's the only thing i had written down is trusting in technology over people yeah and yeah, replacing human double O agents with drones. Yeah. That's not good not good idea. No. Nope. And this is twenty fifteen. Yeah. And uh we got yeah, a lot more almost, of that. Almost now. ten years later. Yeah. Nine years later. Yeah, we got a lot more of that now. <laughs> yeah. And of course it was written. It would have been written. I mean, it came out in twenty fifteen, technically it was made, so it's basically been probably ten, wrote ten years basically ago. Basically ten years yeah. since it was but probably even longer. Like, cause yeah, it, yeah. True. But so yeah. Um, all right, a little bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. So it says, um, following the success of uh, um, sorry, cancel. Um, following the success of this movie, Mexico City held its first "The Day of the Dead" parade, complete with floats, dancers, and giant marionettes. In 2016, prior to this. No parade had ever been held, despite the movie scenes. So that okay. answers your question. Yeah, they definitely staged it all for the movie, because it didn't exist before that. Well, which they, is also crazy, because it totally that is like weird that it didn't happen until 2016. Huh. Well, there goes a big chunk of your budget right there. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the extra 45 million. Dude, right there. All, yeah, all those people <laughs> and man, that was a huge crowd. Yeah, in the Ian Fleming. Um, James Bond stories, Hans Opperhauser, Hauser, who was the father of this movie's Franz Opperhauser, Christoph Waltz, was a skiing and climbing instructor who taught Bond while he was at Fetty's College in Edinburgh. In Fleming's Octopussy short story, that Bond the connection, says yeah. of him, he taught me to ski before the war when I was in my teens. He was something of a wonderful man. He was something of a father to me at the time when I happened so that was how it was in the books he wasn't actually his father i knew there was another old connection with it yeah it was octopusy but not from the movie though yeah from the book huh. yeah. so is there not as much good stuff in this no one? i was just say so daniel craig said it was getting harder and harder to get his fit for the shirtless scenes as James Bond in the age of 47. Oh, yeah. Yes, I've been working out for six months. I work myself to death to get fit. No secret method involved. Just sheer hard grit. It's getting harder, I will admit, but such is life. I'll keep going as long as I'm physically able. He's not... It is interesting how you see him as the movies go. You see him less shirtless. Yeah. Yes. Because like the famous him walking out yeah, in the speedo in the water is yeah, which is like a re- recreation of the shot from exactly. Doctor No with uh, Sean mm-hmm. Connery, and that was was that Casino Royale? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, obviously the first one he was in. Yeah. They're like we're doing it now because yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, in order to do the the do the London scene involving low flying helicopters, the production had to send out eleven thousand letters to residents and businesses that fell within the fly zone. Wow! Yeah, it's just the stuff you don't think about the logistics no. of just doing. Reportedly, Christopher Christopher Nolan was being seriously considered to direct this movie until Sir. Sam Mendez decided to come back for another movie. Associate producer Greg Wilson said Christopher Nolan would be a dream choice for a future Bond director. We would, of course, be interested to have a discussion with him. We would like to do the same type of movie. It would be a dream to be with Nolan, but we always have an open mind when it comes to directors. Nice. Yeah, still, we were just talking still about think this. That might, yeah. yeah. What was the other person? Oh, we were... Uh, so here it is. This is the first James Bond movie not to feature the iconic trumpet playing of yeah. Derek Watkins since Dr. No. It's crazy. So it, was, it wasn't in Dr. No, the first one, but it was actually in the rest of the films until this one. Man. Yeah, the other, the other, um, the other director we talked about, oh, because it was after we did Last Night in Soho. Yeah. We said... Because there's a lot of Bond reference in that, and even yeah. the time period. Well, we even see Thunderball in the uh, yeah. in the matinee. So, I think we were also saying like, even though he likes to do a lot of funny stuff, which you can obviously do a little bit of yeah. Bond humor. I think we were talking about like he could probably he probably wants to take a shot at it. I'm uh, sure. I think he could handle it. Yeah, because between that and Baby Driver, right? That's true. Yeah, I think uh, those are two more serious. Yeah, movies. Yeah, like I think there's 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 stuff there that he could he could handle it yeah so Edgar Wright or Christopher Nolan but I mean um, it, it there's be, plenty of other be directors great. Yeah, yeah and there's probably uh, yeah, other people out there yeah going. um since this movie does not use an original Ian Fleming story to tell there are still only four unused original titles so here's the four the property of a lady the Hildebrand rarity Rosisco in 007 in New York. <laughs> the word Hildebrand does appear in the name of the closed rarities shop and safe house in his in this movie. Well, all those, it's like, do you want to name a movie that doesn't sound, yeah, some of those are doesn't sound great? The Property of a Lady, I could see that being a title. That sounds good, yeah. Yeah, but the other ones are kind of, I don't know, unless Rosisco, Ris, Ris, I don't know what that no, is. No, but like 007 in New York sounds like, like a TV special <laughs> little thing that like, yep. it doesn't sound like a Bond movie. It's like a documentary, 007 in New York. <laughs> Traveling show. All right, so the painting that the art dealers are selling in Shanghai, China in Skyfall is in Mandolin Swan's room at the desert base inspector. Oh, I didn't. It's on the wall at the left her as she looks at the dress. <laughs> That's funny. Nice. So Monica Bellucci previously auditioned for a Bond girl role prior to being cast in this movie. In 1997, in an interview with Playboy magazine, former James Bond Pierce Brosnan said that Bellucci had screen tested for one of the two leading Bond girl roles in as Paris Carver in Tomorrow Never Dies. The part in the end went to Terry Hatcher, mm -hmm. but Monica Lucia's a ravishing beauty is what Brosnan said. Yeah, I... 
definitely. I would be. Sur- she's definitely prettier than Terry Hatcher. <laughs> yeah, and I and oh yeah, and I. I was wondering if she ever was, considered before. Yeah, because she's also been around for a long time, and yeah, I feel like she would have been in one in a Bond movie before. All right. Uh, Gary Oldman was approached for the role of of Franz Oppenheimer and mm. Stavro Blofeld, but he was unwilling to commit to six months production worldwide. So they, it, it's just funny. Because then he's in that, the slow horses. Yeah. I mean, he's another actor. He could, he can do anything. Yeah. So like, it could, yeah. But it does make sense though, like, well, I mean, it's his adopted brother, so it's like they don't have to be. But they were should have been close in age. Yeah, but also like they, Christoph Waltz, like they, I mean, Daniel Craig, they look similar, even though yeah. they're you know. So like that's cool that they did that, even though. So the only they're not by other thing I wanted to say. That I forgot to mention is. Um, what I would say is uh, say. I hope that's not the end of Blofeld. Like he gets captured, obviously, at the end of this movie. But I think it was, uh, I don't know, I just lo- loved the, that story arc where he was reoccurring, like, and you knew he was there. Yep. And the, I guess there were Roger Moore movies. Yeah, I can't remember which I think which it was one. all Roger Moore movies okay. that he was in. I think. Yeah. I, maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember, but it's definitely one of the, it was either his or Connery movies, but like where he's, you know, and they kind of do that here with this, where it's like theoretically they're, they're retroactively saying he was over, over yes. seeing all the stuff that's happened to Daniel Craig basically. So theoretically, you know, um, Casino Royale, the bad guy in that, the bad guy in Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. And then of course the bad guy in Skyfall were all, working for Spectre organization, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of trying to retrofit that in there. So I don't know, but well, now you got to watch. I know time to die. I do. I know time to die is I'm going to watch it and we'll, we'll talk about on, on the, the screen time, at least, uh, um, yeah, you can mention it. I always mention movies if I've watched them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, In the, in the TV, Mm -hmm. TV one where we talk about what we've been watching, but, uh, I, I, yeah. Cause I know, both Claudia and I would love to hear what you think yeah, of that. No, movie. I want to watch it now. I mean, uh, just yeah, because I, I never got around to watching it in the yeah. theater, and it'd be good going to it fresh right from this. Yeah, too. just to feel like yeah. right after the other two. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, any last thoughts on this movie? Nope. And we don't need to do like a long thing at the end, even though that was fun last time predicting the next Bond. But uh, no, we talked about. It. I, I was gonna if we would have had a different guest or whatever. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah, we would have. But like I think, yeah, I think we talked about yeah. our thoughts on it last week. So, well, but for the I, guests that we were going to have on Evelyn, Claudia's mom, both both of them agree with me, Henry Cavill. <laughs> so there you go. They all. Well, yeah. I mean, I think he'd be great. Number one. I, I yeah. just, you know, I feel like they. Uh, I don't know. I think he'd do great. But yes, I mean, he would. you can see it in the um, Mission Impossible. Movie Fallout. That he's, yeah, Fallout where he's in. Well, there's a specific movie where he basically is playing Bond, The Man from Uncle. Did you ever see oh, that I never saw that movie. I know what you're talking about. I mean, I saw the trailer. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's but. basically. So, like, also, that's him. he's coming. He's in the Argyle, Argyle movie yep. coming up. That's so we'll see. Yeah. 
Similar also, yeah. 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 So we'll see how that plays yeah. out. I'm um, excited for that movie. Looks yeah, sick. me too. Uh, yeah, so then uh, next week we're going to cover 1917. Mm-hmm. Um, so Do I have some special guests? I, I think we at least I one. Think, think we'll have at least one, maybe yeah. two. There might be four of us on that one. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, otherwise, we hope you really enjoyed our conversation about um, Spectre. And I, uh, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe on YouTube, or um, you know, subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and. If you have, you tell us your thoughts or, you know, feedback on things, you can email us at feedback at screentimepod.com. Give us your bond order. Yes. Your Cra- your Daniel Craig bond order. Yes. We talked about that a lot last week. Also, um, email us if you're like just annoyed of how much we uh, destroyed No Time to Die. Maybe, maybe you love that movie and email us and let us know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, emails or any other thing you'd like yeah. to, who you like to uh, director you'd like us to cover. I mean, like yeah, like let us know. Also, just email us who you think the next Bond should be. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's all. Good. That's been a hot topic yeah. all over the internet. Yeah, and if you know a director you think you should do, yeah. it. I mean, I know we talked about Edgar Wright or Christopher Nolan would be cool, but there's, I'm sure there's other people out there that we haven't thought about. That so yeah, if you get Josh Youngbar, the next. Yeah, I don't think I can handle that. <laughs> I know that would be brutal. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, and, uh, I you need to, it's you need to I need to work my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to do a feature film first before yeah. I tackle something ridiculous like that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, and if you haven't already and you want to, you can follow us on Instagram. Um, there's the the Screen Time Instagram account, but then also my personal is um, at Jay Youngbar. And Jared's... I'm at Jared Youngbar. Yeah. And with that, we will talk to you guys next week.